0: Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com.
1: Hey, it's great to be back with you again this week. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and we're continuing in this series, Mama Bear, Amazing Moms. And you moms really are amazing as I've looked at all this research and put this program together, it's really kind of opened my eyes and even slapped me in the face a little bit because moms are putting in the average of 98.5 hours a week of work when they include their work, their care of the home, and then the direct child care hours. And it's no wonder so many moms are tired, at times frazzled, and dads, that's why I'm hoping you're listening to this series so that you gain a better insight and perspective into how you can help your mom and come alongside her, help her get the breaks she needs, etc. In session one, we talked about the risk of amazing moms being able to do it all, put in all those hours, put in all that emotional energy and the risk that they face of a very realistic outcome called burnout which is not where any mom really wants to end up. And dads, trust me, you definitely don't want your wives to get there either. In session two of this series, we addressed all the stress and pressure and even a bit of the isolation often moms feel given the internal pressures mom can put on themselves, societal pressures, and the pressures that other moms tend to put on each other. In this session, we're going to talk about why moms can take some of that pressure off themselves and still raise content, happy, caring kids with less stress and less time pressure. Last week in session two, I mentioned this Harvard study that shows kids of working moms grow up just as happy as stay-at-home moms. Does that surprise you? It did me a bit because I've been raised in a culture that tells me that stay-at-home moms will lead to happier, more successful kids. I think this is part of the reason I found all my time doing the research with 4,000 kids was so challenging for me because I had adopted perspectives and mindsets that were governing how I saw the situation, how I saw the right and wrong of parenting, and the kids blew me out of the water over and over again. And one of those was in this area of autonomy. What the research is showing, my research as well as a host of others, is that kids having autonomy is really important. Which is one of the reasons that working moms and even single moms can end up with really happy kids. In fact, kids having autonomy is shown to lead to Happier kids, more confident kids, and kids with less mental health issues like depression and anxiety. And yet I also know from working with so many moms and dads, so many parents, that the word autonomy can strike fear into our hearts as parents. And we talked about in session one how that fear can really impact us, drive us to do more and spend more time than we need to or should. And how that can be damaging to moms and why it's so important for them to get breaks away from the kids. So if you're just tuning into this series, Mama Bear, Amazing Moms, and want to go back to listen to session one, you can go to revivefamily.com forward slash podcasts. That's revivefamily.com forward slash podcasts, and you can listen to it there, and you can even sign up at the bottom of the page to get notified whenever a new blog or podcast or resource comes out from Revive Family. There's so much pressure on moms to be that super mom and to be with their kid, be teaching their kid to be everything for their child, that it can really be taxing, stressful, That, in fact, makes it harder to be the moms moms want to be. We want to be that kind, close, compassionate, caring mom. But when we're under pressure and stress, it's so much easier to end up reacting and to doing things we don't want to do as parents. So how do we view our role? How do we view our home, our kids, How do we approach being a mom that's balanced while still raising happy, content, confident kids who will stay in the faith? And one of the things I've found, and I saw supported in the research that we talked about in session two of this series last week, is that we don't need to stress about teaching our kids a bunch of things but rather we need to change the way we live our lives with our kids. The research shows that our kids learn better through osmosis. By learning from us as we're doing things like cooking or we're going through the store, we're shopping, we're paying for things. Moms are doing these things all the time with their kids. So instead of cutting out a specific time to sit down and teach your kids math or teach your kids things, you can simply begin to communicate more openly with them as you're doing these activities. You pick up a box, you read the ingredients and share with them why you're looking at the ingredients and what you're looking for. You can... Pick up different things on the shelf and look at the price per ounce and show them the price per ounce. You can take them to the cash register and bring some cash and actually have them pay for some of the items. The research shows that they learn more through this than sitting down and being taught. And this doesn't add more time to your schedule. It makes more effective use of what you're already doing. And frankly, it'll engage the kids and make them more interested in doing these things with you. While I found that we're spending money on studies like this a bit humorous, I did find the point of the study fairly poignant. There was a graduate student at Duke University that did a study into into mother dogs and their puppies. And what the study found was interesting. There were dogs that would lie down to feed their puppies and spend a lot of time And spent a lot of time nurturing as well as letting their puppies crawl all over. And then there were mother dogs that would stay standing up and the puppies would have to feed in a standing position. And they didn't spend as much time cuddling or playing with their puppies, but they did a fair amount of it. And what they found is that those puppies that had the mom that stood up while she was feeding actually ended up with more outgoing, more socialized, more trainable dogs. (laughs) What was kind of surprising to me was this student has gone on and is now a professor and continuing this research into dogs and their puppies and the lessons we can learn from them in terms of how we translate this to parenting but given actual studies with students with actual kids and moms it is proving some of the same things article that we've referred to a couple of times 10 new things science says about being a mom by the smithsonian institute one section of the article says this don't be so bossy moms please don't take offense these aren't my words this is a direct word for word quote out of the article itself Under the heading, Don't Be So Bossy, it says this, Kids tend to have warmer feelings about mothers who respect their autonomy and don't try to control them too much. So says researchers at the University of Missouri who found in a study of 2,000 moms and their children that mothers who tightly controlled the activities of their children when they were toddlers often continued to behave that way when the children were up to fifth grade. When those kids became adolescents, they were less likely to want to engage with their moms, said Gene Ipsa, one of the study authors. We found that mothers who supported their children's autonomy were regarded more positively by their children than mothers who were highly directive, which is what I've been saying for the last year and a half on the radio program, that I've found that kids respond much better when we lead like the good shepherd who didn't seek to control the disciples, but showed them how to do things like we talked about earlier in the program today, involved them in the things that were going on, and then sent them out on their own to give it a try. Never once do we see an example of Jesus, the good shepherd, forcing anyone to do anything against their will. He led with influence that drew upon the internal desire of the disciples, of the people, of the crowds to follow him. And they chose to make changes in their lives because of that approach. In fact, when I did the radio series, The Anchor, Dad, I found research that indicated this was one of the reasons dads were so important, that dads often cut room for kids to have some autonomy, to go ahead and wrestle and take risks, because moms and their protective instinct would often get in the way of that. And in today's society, where the fear of what's going on and child sex trafficking and all these other things has raised our fear level of what can happen— I find that both moms and dads can tend to bend towards control and being directive as opposed to discussion and helping kids come to their own decisions, which is vital, I've found, to having a great relationship with your kid that increases your influence and actually protects them. I think this is really good news for the one in four moms that find themselves raising children on their own. I have worked with these moms and these kids in coaching and i've found that oftentimes these kids while struggling because of emotional wounds from the divorce and the loss of their father often far more responsible far more involved in doing practical tasks and far better prepared for life on their own because they've had to pick up some responsibility in the home. They've had to start cooking some meals. They've had to start doing laundry and helping cleaning. They're taking on responsibility, and that responsibility actually builds their confidence and helps them start to feel good about themselves. And so once they heal from the other wounds— These kids are really, really set to take off and do well in life. And the good news for moms is that when we start to let go and provide some autonomy, it takes pressure off. It gives us time to focus a bit on those activities that will recharge our batteries, and it allows our kids to develop valuable skills. I want to remind you of something we said in the other program from the same article, Quality Rules. Moms don't need to spend as much time with their kids as they think. They can cut themselves a break. And this is where moms really need to fight their protective instincts, especially as their kids start getting older and older. And maybe we can take some lessons from the animal kingdom like actual mama bears. When their cubs are first born, they cuddle them, they carry them in their arms, they suckle them, they're very caring and compassionate but it's not very long before they start pushing them out of the den and teaching them how to run and climb a tree right away when they push them out of the den so they can protect themselves because cubs can wander and mama bears have to go out and forage for food to help feed their cubs when they first come out of the den so the first thing they do is teach their cubs to protect themselves and the lessons mama bears teach their cubs just keep on rolling from there teaching them how to forage for their own food, teaching them and allowing them to wrestle and fight with each other so that they learn to protect themselves, and then ultimately forcing their cubs to leave their side at about 18 months old. This is a process moms need to begin with their kids at a really young age and provide them that responsibility, teach them how to protect themselves, and then trust them to do it and give them the autonomy. That's what my research showed. It's what all the research from these psychological journals is showing, that this autonomy is so important to having a great relationship with your kid and to raising confident, secure, and mentally healthy kids. So what is it that we need to focus on? And that's what we're gonna come back and talk about if our goal is to raise these content, caring, confident kids. What are some of the things we can do as moms that don't add pressure to our plate, but are proven to actually lead to the types of kids we want to have? We'll be back in just a couple of moments with more of Revive Families Connecting Hearts. Hey parents out there, I hope you're finding our radio program, podcast, and blogs really helpful. You can find them all at revivefamily.com. Back in November, our board voted to make all our resources free. So all our blogs, all our podcasts, even our Influential Parenting Academy and Parent Support phone calls as you go through that program are all available to you for free because we want to short-circuit the breakdown in the parent-child relationship that we're seeing happen so much in our society today. So please go to revivefamily.com, sign up at the bottom of the page, and what you'll get is a weekly summary of the different resources that we release during that week. And if you create a login, you'll have access to a number of other resources, including our Influential Parenting Academy. Even though it's free, please don't believe that it's been compromised. It's not at all. It's every bit as robust as other things like love and logic and total transformation, but coming at it from a completely different angle. One that doesn't tie us up in battles around the consequences we're using to try and change our kids' behavior. We have a big God, and last I checked, it was the Holy Spirit that was in charge of sanctifying or changing our kids. So go to revivefamily.com today, go to products, click on Influential Parenting, and sign up today. It's free. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, and we're doing this series, Mama Bear, Amazing Moms. And moms truly are amazing. And right now, we're talking about how do we develop those kind, caring successful, confident kids that we desire to have without ramping up and putting more pressure on ourselves. In the previous segment, we were talking about autonomy, our fear of autonomy, and why autonomy is so important for our kids if we desire for them to be happy, content, confident, and close to us. According to an article on frontiers in psychology, there is strong, consistent correlational support For the protective effect of a high-quality mother-child relationship. What does that mean? It means that it's not our ability to control and direct our kids that protects them. It's actually the quality of the mother-child relationship. And I have seen this in spades in our home. Edie and I sought to lead like the good shepherd and begin to focus on relationship rather than rules. Going on inside the heart of our kids rather than their performance Things changed dramatically, and we had so much more influence, and our kids made such better decisions. This article from Frontiers in Psychology went on to say this, Mother-child relationships characterized by warmth, supportiveness, effective problem-solving skills, positive communication, and low levels of conflict and negativity are consistently associated with children's lower mental health problems and positive social adaptation outcomes, including higher self-esteem and better academic performance, even following a divorce. What does this mean for parents, especially for moms? Relationships rule, not our rules, not our authority, not our ability to teach, direct, and control but relationship rules. It's proven by research to be what protects kids from straying, making bad decisions, and going off track. Part of the research showed the relationship that provided this protection was characterized by warmth, supportiveness, problem-solving skills, positive communication, and low levels of conflict. This doesn't mean enabling, which I know is what so many parents come to believe, But when we have these positive communications, we're speaking into our kids' hearts, and they're choosing to make great decisions. It's not a hard rules and boundary system that does that. In fact, I'm finding that that is what breaks the relationship and causes the kids to stray and leads to them making worse decisions. If you need further proof of that, here's another article called Adolescent Sexual Risk by Christopher Browning. The study concluded that emotional support can act as a protective factor that interacts with risk factors to reduce the likelihood of negative health outcomes among adolescents. This study concluded that strong parental support and relationship led to lower sexual risk outcomes with adolescents. This is the reason fear can't dictate the way we parent, because fear will drive us to make decisions for our kids. Fear will drive us to direct our kids, which they're going to consider as control, which is determined to be the most unloving thing in our culture, according to the studies. Our kids end up not feeling loved. They seek it elsewhere, which increases the sexual risk factors. So what do we do to build deep, healthy relationships with our kids? Moms, we have to drop the one-way mentality we get put into habitually by interacting with an infant and a baby and one that's just becoming a toddler. It's all one-way communication. It's all, at that time, directive and control because they can't do anything for themselves. Far too easy for us to adopt communication patterns and expectations and habits that are hard to break in this time. And that study we talked about earlier, if you continue to direct and control in toddlerhood, you'll still be doing it by fifth grade and in middle school. And it's going to destroy that parent-child relationship, especially with an adolescent. I would say from working with families that around 18 months, we really need to start involving our kid and discussing and listening to our kid and helping them learn to make their own decisions. This is a relationship based upon mutual respect rather than one-way respect where the child has to respect me, which means they have to obey me all the time immediately. That doesn't lead to these deeper conversations. It doesn't lead to learning and maturing and confidence in our kids from everything I've seen with all the families I've worked with. Another thing we need to do to build a healthy relationship with our kids is to seek a balanced perspective. What do I mean by that? We need to expect failure. We fail every day, and God still trusts us. We fail every day, and God doesn't come down and take our families or our kids away from us. He doesn't punish us. It says in 1 John, perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not perfected in love. God doesn't punish us when we fail. And we need to expect failure in our kids and approach it in that gracious, loving way Jesus did. So that's why we need to third, adopt a shepherding or mentoring mindset. Shepherds and or mentors can't control all the sheep or kids they're working with. They have to instead rely on the relationship and influence to motivate the kid to step into the relationship further and to then cause a safe environment where discussions happen, where things get evaluated that kids normally don't evaluate because they're functioning so much based off their emotions that oftentimes they're not thinking things through. Oftentimes they're not making decisions, even though parents are telling me, my kid's making horrible decisions. What I have found is they're not making decisions because they've not got a sounding board they trust that's safe to bounce things off of and process with. We need to have patience, and that can be a hard thing for moms. There's so much pressure and so many things to get to and to do. It's difficult with kids to take a shepherding view and to have patience, and that's going to be the next program series we begin. It's going to be on patience and how we work on ourselves and develop patience in our homes. Developing patience that we're going to talk about more in that series is we need to develop a light-hearted approach to failure. We need to expect it. We need to almost find it humorous rather than taking it personally, rather than being frustrated or scared by it and reacting to it. We need to have a light-hearted approach to failure if we want to have a great relationship with our kids. We need to develop a listening ear that draws out our kids' deeper feelings and issues, which means they need to feel safe, like we're not going to react and we're not going to come down on them. We're going to be there for them. We're going to mentor them. We're going to shepherd them like Jesus. We need to develop a culture in our homes that encourages walking in the light, because the Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have true fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all unrighteousness. That only happens if our kids are willing to walk in the light with their deeper issues, their deeper struggles, because they feel safe, because the good shepherd protects the sheep. He doesn't beat the sheep. What I've found is that when we have a great relationship with our kid and they feel safe with us, they end up making so much better decisions because they're actually talking with us. We're interacting with them. We're not directing them. We're not lecturing them. We're interacting with them, and as a result, they make better decisions. And I found it to be true with all four of my kids that the quality of my relationship with them and our interaction and the way we love and extend grace to each other touches the heart, and it allows God to work on their hearts, and it brings the Holy Spirit to the surface of their hearts, and He begins to convict them and guide them, and I don't need to do that. The Good Shepherd's leadership style really does work. And what we're finding from these different journals, these different psychology studies, they're starting to prove that the way Jesus led will work with our kids. Next week, we'll continue in this conversation of Mama Bear, amazing moms, helping moms consider more ways that they can develop really caring kids without spending more time and putting more pressure on themselves. In fact, moms, I want you to step back, take a deep breath, take the pressure off, begin to trust God, and involve the Holy Spirit in your parenting, which you can learn more about in our Influential Parenting program. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jeff Schott. We'll be back next week with Revive Families Connecting Hearts and more of Mama Bear Amazing Moms.
0: That's it for this edition of Revive Families Connecting Hearts with Jeff Schott. We'll return again soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Revive Families Connecting Hearts is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional,
1: medical, or psychological support.